I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and my guest today is Frank Can. Frank is a 1992 graduate of Quincy University, and he's been organizing, shooting, and editing commercial video for nearly 30 years. He's an award-winning videographer and editor, and in today's episode, Frank is going to share with us what it's like to live behind the camera and why he decided to start his own company seven years ago. And uh, we've actually already had a conversation about this is different for you because you're in front of the camera, so to speak, today. So, Frank, welcome, and I'll try to put you at ease as we go on. Well, sounds good. It's always great to be back on campus, so thanks for having me. Well, we're glad you joined us, and, and, and you're a proud alum living right here in the Quincy community, doing wonderful work. But let's kind of switch gears from today and, and think about what brought you to QU. As a student, it's kind of, a, I always describe it as a, a beautiful mistake. Um, I actually uh, had three schools that I was interested in, and my mom kept pushing Quincy University, Quincy University, you have to have a backup plan. And so the three schools that I was interested in, I had the opportunity, fortunate, to uh, play college hockey. And, um, and so the beautiful mistake, as I call it, is that, uh, or the accident, is that those schools didn't offer um, the major that I, that I wanted. And so I had to make that tough decision of saying, hey, maybe I step away from athletics and I go to college for the reason why you do go to college. And that brought me to Quincy University. And it's funny because um, you know how you're supposed to say outside of the, your marriage day and, and the birth of your children, it really was probably the greatest you know, decision of my life. And really, to be honest, if you look back at it, I don't get married without Quincy University because my wife is a 93 graduate that I met here. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all been a, a beautiful thing. Wonderful story. And, and there's so many stories like that out there of, of how, how people ended up here at QU. So after graduation, you spent some time doing uh, work in television and a few other jobs and then joined Media Development, which is a local advertising company. Uh, tell us how your early work led you to what you do now. Well, a lot of that kind of goes back to Quincy University. So I had incredible internship opportunities. And I know that they were incredible because I had friends who went to other schools. And while on paper, their internships looked really impressive, things like ESPN and Chicago and stuff like that, they weren't actually doing anything in those places. So as a student, it was awesome because – I would work, I would have classes until about three o'clock. I'd go to the television station that I had an internship with. I would prepare scripts, get the teleprompters ready. Then I would run studio camera. After the news, after running studio camera at the news, then I would um, uh, film highlights of sports and then come back and edit that and then run studio camera for 10 o'clock. And it's like I had so much experience and none of that would have happened if it wasn't for the opportunities that I had through Quincy University. So starting your own company is quite an undertaking, and I'm sure had to be a, a scary proposition for you. So when did you know you kind of wanted to go out on your own? Well, I had worked for that advertising agency for 19 years. And um, it's funny how it happened, uh, how these little things in our lives that, that change our direction. Uh, a colleague of mine in the industry had tweeted something and he was being cynical or, or whimsical or whatever. And he basically said, 
Um, if you've been working in the same position for the same company for more than 10 years, you're doing not only yourself a disservice, but the company that you're working for. And the joke was after that, he said, by the way, today I'm celebrating 20 years or whatever it was. And that was the joke part of it. But I went back to the original part of it and I thought, man, maybe that really does make sense. So I think it was a little bit of that, but it was also that I was seeing massive changes in our industry where things were perhaps transitioning away from traditional advertising and going more into, uh, um, you know, content driven marketing. And uh, so my company would allow me to kind of redesign or relook at what I was doing and, and go in new avenues. And that was really exciting. Has it been tough to be your own boss? Uh, you know, for me, not really, cause I'm really self-motivated. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Frank about life behind the camera, something he's a little more comfortable with. So stay with us. Uh, I'm Matt Bergman and you're listening to from the Hawk's nest. Ashley Van Camp dreamed of working as a high school counselor, but needed a master's degree to get that position. The graduate program at Quincy University provided a way for Ashley to complete her master's degree while working full-time and land her dream job. To continue on your road to success, visit quincy.edu today. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. We're talking today with Frank Can, a 1992 alum of Quincy University, who owns his own uh, video production company. And Frank, let's talk about life behind the camera. How many hours do you take to produce a typical commercial or video? And it's probably it probably runs the gamut, but maybe give us an idea about how much time it takes behind the scenes to get to that finished product. Well, one of the things is that I think the, the most time consuming, you know, with video production companies, it's, it's the time that really is the thing you got to pay attention to. And uh, so today we live in a world where everyone needs something and something fast and something very good. And so there's been a lot of, uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, how are companies going to be attracted to a company like mine? And, um, and, and, and really being a one person operation. Then I read the book, a company of one by Paul Jarvis, and it changed everything for me. And basically what I, everything that I thought was going to kind of hurt me as a business has given me a huge advantage. So instead of a crew coming in of seven people, or you're flying seven people across the country to gather uh, video content, um, we're now able to do it on a very slim and uh, um, streamlined approach. So in terms of the time, a lot of it more or less has to do with making sure what you're doing is going to be effective. And there's a lot of people in my industry that are really focused on their gear or, you know, how it's going to look. And they really disregard the outcomes that they want with this. And so that's one of the things that I really try to focus on with my work is that I really want this to make a huge impact for whoever I'm working with. So the time part, a lot of it is, is before you even show up to, to shoot. So, um, so it really varies by pro, um, project, but um, it's something that we really try to focus on making sure it's as, as, as tight as possible. So what types of things do you look for 
when you're filming for preparation? What, what types of things do you have to get ready and think about? A lot of my work is um, content video. And so what it is is I came across this um, article right when I was starting my business, and it blew me away. And what that article was basically saying is that we're all acting and behaving differently because of technology. And there were some studies that came out that basically said that sometimes people will not go near an organization or a salesperson or a recruiter or a product until they're sometimes 90% through the sales journey. Wow. And so because of that, you have a lot of principals, a lot of companies that will turn to a company like mine and say, hey, if our salespeople don't get that opportunity, what can we do? And what we do is we constantly tell people stories and get that out there so they can absorb and learn everything that they need to without that connection until they feel comfortable of reaching out. So in marketing, we call that inbound marketing. But, um, you know, to, to go back to your question, so that's what we do. Um, and then, you know, and there's a lot of travel involved in, in, in the work that I do. I don't know if that answered your yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about some of the, um, some of the different venues you've gone to and, and the types of companies you've worked for. Cause you've, I know you've run the gamut from schools to manufacturing organizations. Kind of tell us some samples of some of the places you've produced content for. Yeah. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of travel. So last year before, before COVID, I think I worked in 25 different states. The, the really exciting thing about my company is that um, my office is always someone else's office. It's always someone's company. It's always someone's school. It's whatever. And because of that, I've been able to, to really be in some really cool places. Uh, SpaceX, um, uh, breweries, um, schools, uh, you know, and, um, you know, large manufacturing but really, more than going to those places, I'm going to the end user because everyone wants to know what the end user's experience is. So we can brag about how great we are, but it's not until someone else says, man, these are the things that I struggle with and everything changed the second I started doing this. And that's the story I need to constantly tell for my clients is how what their offerings made a difference to people. Let them associate with those. And then all of a sudden it pulls them through kind of like a a sales journey. And that's, that's what we do for companies. So what are some of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Maybe give us some samples of those and I'll let you off the hook. You don't have to say all the QU projects you've helped with. (laughs) Well, um, the, my favorite ones, I alluded to this before. I'm really interested in projects that make a big impact. Um, and, and I think that that's one thing that kind of separates, uh, or, or, you know, is, is one of my strong suits on that. So that's part of it. So it's, it's interesting when video content leads to multi-million dollar deals where a manufacturer now has a relationship with a vendor because of the video work that we were producing or whatever those things are, when it makes a huge impact, those are usually my favorite. And then the other thing is that, um, if it's something that, I'm passionate about. And, um, and so those two, those two types of projects are always my favorite. You have lived and worked in, in the Quincy community for, for years, basically since you graduated college. We'll, we'll let the uh, listeners do the math on that. What do you love about this community? 
Well, Quincy is a very, very special community. It's, um, it's been home now longer than my hometown. And, um, and it's, it's a great place to raise a family. Um, you know, I don't have family here in town, and, and either does my wife. But what keeps us in, at Quincy is it's a great place um, to raise a family. And a lot of that has to do with the schools. Um, we have incredible schools here. It's a, it's a great quality of life. And, uh, and then it's, it's, a, it's super special for us because we're right here where we went to Quincy University and have that connection. I know you're very generous with your time and your talents, and you've helped many local nonprofits, including Quincy University, uh, with a number of projects. Why is that important to you? Well, it's, it's, it, I think it should be important to everybody. Um, one of the mistakes that I made is when you own a video production company, you get hit up by lots and lots and lots of organizations saying, hey, we have this event coming up and we want to show a video or whatever those things are. And one of the tweaks that I made along the way is I, I continue to do that, but now I kind of put that in the folder called passion projects. So if it's something that I really believe in and, and that I'm passionate about, um, then, then I, I like to do that. It also goes back, there's a lot of talk about work-life balance. And so I saw so many people who went into to business like I do, and um, over the years they become unhappy because they went into, like let's say I'm in the creative field, they went into the field because they wanted to be creative. Then they became business owners, and then they did everything but that one thing that they loved. And now they're taking care of bookkeeping and all these other things that are just such a headache, and they start to resent everything. And I really didn't want that to happen to me. So what I've done is I've balanced the work with the work, only the work that I'm really passionate about. So a lot of that is, is, is based on my background. So Catholic education is a huge thing. Um, um, and, and in schools in general, education is, is really important. So those are kind of the areas that I like to, uh, to do that kind of uh, um, you know, uh, generosity work. Well, Quincy University and our local schools are very blessed with your support because you've done some absolutely amazing videos um, that have touched a lot of people's lives. Let's bring this back full circle uh, to Quincy University, where, where it all began. Um, give, give me some thoughts and tell me about your time here and, and, and what, what really was special and what you remember most about it. I do have a story that I don't tell often, but um, it's, it's just something that's really powerful to me as, as my background with Quincy University. For some reason, e, when I went to college, I thought, oh my goodness, I was really intimidated. I thought college was for people who were splitting atoms and doing all these crazy things. And although I had a really great high school um, um, experience, I was very intimidated. So when I came to Quincy University, I made the mistake of saying, I'm not going to get involved in anything. So I have all the time for academics. And in that window, I really struggled. And I struggled so much that I went and I saw my mentor, and he was a beautiful man, uh, Father Harry Speckman here on campus. And I said, Father, I, I think I've made a huge mistake. And he said, no, you were meant to be here. And I'm like, come on, Father, are you really? You don't even know. I don't even know. How do you know? And he said, well, what is your name? And I said, Frank, come on, you know my name. And he said, no, what is your full name? And I said, Francis. And he said, your last name? And I said, can. And he covered up the last N on my name. And I know this sounds really <laughs> cheesy, but it said Franciscan. And he said, you were meant to be here. And the Franciscan spirit was just something that I didn't see coming. 
but it was probably one of the biggest impacts for, for my foundation, for my development, for everything. You have to remember when I was a student here, it was a long time ago, and a lot of the professors were Franciscan friars, yeah. and their backgrounds were just incredible, like world-class. So, you know, their backgrounds academically were the University of Notre Dame, Harvard, um, Oxford. It was unbelievable, and it was a very, very vibrant time to be at Quincy University. Um, it, our, our sports were amazing. Everything was wonderful. I just, I just had the, you know, I know it's a cliche, but the best four years of, of my life, you know? So um, yeah, it's, it's just a real special thing to look back and, and, and extremely proud to be a graduate of Quincy, uh, Quincy University. Any other QU stories that you're legally uh, <laughs> able to tell us today? I, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but it, um, obviously I think my, my biggest advice that I would give to people when they come here is don't do what I do, did like get involved. Um, I remember during orientation, they told us Quincy university is either the biggest place or the smallest place you've ever been to. And that was really true for the student body. And then the other advice I would say is as an alum, Get connected as much as possible. And obviously giving is a, is a huge part of that, but, but also just stay connected and, uh, and be engaged. And uh, I'm lucky because I live here in Quincy, uh, in Quincy, Illinois. So, you know, pre-COVID, I mean, there's probably four times a week that I'm somehow here on campus, whether it be a sporting event um, my, my, um, my kids are servers at, at the QU mass in the chapel on Sunday. Um, you know, um, just lots of different things, but, uh, if you're not in Quincy, stay connected, stay connected and stay connected to your, you know, fellow graduates too, because it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's a community of faith, but it's a, it's a great community. Absolutely. I, I think that's absolutely wonderful advice. Uh, you know, of course, speaking as the alumni director, uh, you know, I, I, I second it. Uh, we, we want people to stay involved and stay active with us. And um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Frank, thank you for being our guest today. And also thank you for all you do for the Quincy community and for Quincy University. We're very lucky to have you uh, as an alum. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest, where we talk with friars, faculty, staff, students, and alumni, and find out what's going on in their world. I'm Matt Bergman. It's always a great day to be a hawk.